Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. We got Brian McKinney tonight, Ron Saw, and the first time guest. Silas Brobendreyer is here to chat Vikings. We are less than two weeks away from free agency. So we're going to chat about some of the most recent Vikings events. We know it's been a while since we recorded, so we're going to try to get caught up. First, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all of the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use the promo code BLEAV. Believe BLEAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. It's Believe in Vikings and free agency starts in less than two weeks. Actually, it's about a week and a half because legal tampering is when the action really starts when players can verbally commit to teams and sign official deals a couple days later. Uh, we have the usual group minus Sally. She should be back in a few weeks, we think, before the draft. Uh, but tonight we have a special guest, Silas, Bob and Dreyer from Zone Coverage. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show. A first time guest. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on. And how long, sir, have you been a Viking fan? I know you're a youngin, but you've been around here since how long? 18 years, 18 years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so since, since you were a baby, huh? Absolutely, yeah. We'll take He's it. 18 or he's been a Viking fan for 18 years? <laughs> I'm 18, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Yep, so that's uh, he's a lifer, for better or worse. Um, all right, so hot and heavy this week is the NFL Combine. The action for it, you know, the on-the-field measurables should start tomorrow. And in the past couple of days, we've had like the rumor mill churning out who's going to throw, who's not going to throw conveniently. Uh, the Vikings, two leaders, took the podium on Tuesday and were somewhat forthcoming in asking questions, answering questions from reporters. Uh, but Bryant, uh, you're you're the only one on the show with actual combine experience. So I want to ask you back to your combine days from 2002. Do you have any memories to share with the the panel? Um, It was just a day of just basically like, you feel like you was at like <laughs> I don't know, like put on the show. Like you had you were just given a number and you kinda like walked around with your, you know, your number and you know your whatever you're gonna work out in at the time, University of Miami guys didn't work out at the combine. We were just there for all the meetings. Um uh, I forget who my roommate was, it was somebody else randomly from another school. Um it was a cool experience, got you know, getting to meet other guys. We did the Wonder League test, test and things like that, and we talked football more. I didn't really experience the whole, like, running the 40 and stuff there. We waited till, at the time, we waited till we um, had our own pro timing day. But um, it was a cool experience. Uh, and coaches got to meet you in person and kind of get a feel for the type of person you were in person. So you, you had, like, low-key different type of interviews um, with, like, head coaches and their teams and stuff. And did you meet with the Vikings at the Combine? No, I didn't. No, I, I think I've seen, I might've seen coach Tice, but I didn't have a meeting with them. No. So to me, honestly, the Vikings weren't on my radar because I never met with them. Okay. 
now you being someone who, um, obviously a high profile athlete from a high profile school, um, when you are in that position, you're at the combine, um, outside of the, like the drills and stuff, I know, obviously you just said meetings and whatnot, like, what do you do during the, like, while the other athletes are participating in the, you know, in the 40 yard dash and the bench reps and all that type of stuff, what does an athlete that isn't participating do to pass the time? We watch, we watch some stuff. Uh, we watch some stuff. Um, we were there for all the meetings. And like, we, like I said, we would like find time to do other things, like meet with different teams and things like that. Um, if they weren't out there watching somebody do the 40 or anything. Um, I think we did like the, we did some drills. We just didn't, we just didn't bench press and we didn't do the 40. So I remember doing like the, um, the vertical, a couple things there, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot did you save all that for the pro day? Did you officially? Yeah, pass there? it was like they tried to pressure you to do stuff, but I mean, at the time, that was just the thing that University of Miami. That was their thing. Is none of us? We all had a pack that we weren't performing. So, and it, and, and it, we did day. that because <laughs> we did that because we had we knew we had a good team, right. and it would force everyone to come down to our school to watch the other guys who didn't get invited. Right. Well, I, yeah, that I you know we've talked ad nauseum about how great you know, on paper and uh, talent wise, that team that you had in Miami. So I'm sure that you would say on some levels that the talent at your Miami pro day was probably not, not disparaging any of the participants at the combine, but you guys could have uh, <laughs> had your own combine at just your own pro day. I bet. For the most part. And I feel like by us doing that, it did allow a lot of people to get drafted. Okay. Interestingly, the Vikings this week, kind of a parallel, they hired Josh McCown as their quarterback's coach, and he was at that combine with McKinney. Mm-hmm. He was actually drafted the day after McKinney was. So, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's your generation, so to speak. Now he's going to be the Vikings quarterback coach. Uh, he'll probably do a pretty damn good job. I wouldn't expect him to be a, a Viking for long, um, but it's cool that they made somewhat splashy coaching hire when the other coaching hires were somewhat anonymous uh silas this is your turn so we're going to talk about some of the here and now current viking stuff i'm guessing that you watched or at least scanned the headlines from the press conferences on tuesday involving kwesirafa mensa and kevin o'connell and there were some news newsworthy nuggets that come up came out of that they were predictably asked about justin jefferson's extension and they're not treating him they said daniel hunter they were a little bit more diplomatic and on Kirk cousins it really wasn't new news but they both use the same platform to say that they want Cousins back. I think the money and the structure of the compact contract remains a sticking point. But based on what Adafa Mensa and O'Connell said at the Combine, Silas, did that change your opinion at all about the eventual outcome of Cousins' future in purple? I believe that a lot of it comes down to how much Cousins is going to want and guarantees in the uh the length of the contract that he's looking for. And I believe that that has been the same sticking point when it comes to finding an extension. I would not be surprised if they signed Kirk to an extension. However, he's going to compromise from, you know, he's he's had about 99% of his career earnings guaranteed uh, coming all off these, you know, veteran deals that he's signed um, and these extensions that he's had with the team. Um, and then if he's looking for a two or three year deal, whereas if we're looking to, you know, have that rookie quarterback timeline to match up with the Justin Jefferson extension and the other, um, extensions that will be following like a Christian Derrissaw extension, you know, Hawkinson's new money is going to be kicking in soon. Mm-hmm. It, it, it ultimately, I, I don't know if it changes all that much, this, the scape of the uh, scene, but I, I do believe that they want him back and I do believe that they will try and make that happen. And I, I would not be surprised if it did. 
my opinion on this isn't based on any insider intelligence, but what I think has happened is the Vikings have presented him an offer quite some time ago. And whatever that number is, if it's two years, 70 million guaranteed, I think it's probably a notch down to what Cousins can command from the Falcons, for example. Um, do you think that he has, just based on how you know the sport, a take-it-or-leave-it offer on the table, or do you think this is all fluid, Silas? I think that it's fairly fluid. Cousins has flexibility here. He's got a great system. He's got a great coach who wants him and knows how to work to his strength. He was performing at the highest level of his career and, you know, in that limited stretch before his injury. And he's got Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the league, along with TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison. I mean, there have been so many resources. There are just a ton of resources dedicated to the situation around him that could also help the rookie quarterback. But Atlanta also has, you know, an impressive weapons group. I, I do not think that Kirk would want to leave the one that he has now in favor of that. And I think that that could be very big when it comes to the negotiation process and uh, how much money he's willing to, you know, leave on the table. Yeah, that's one thing about Cousins. We know for certain that he has the lovable dad persona and the Coles cash jokes. But uh, when you get down to brass tacks, <laughs> the guy always gets a guaranteed bag, as he should. Uh, so, yeah, let's not get fooled into thinking this will probably end up in a hometown discount like some thought would happen about, what, six weeks ago. Uh, Ron, at the, the Combine, both leaders pretty much said the same thing. And afterward, there was kind of a new enthusiasm that, man, these guys sure do want Cousins back. And then you ask yourself, well, what else would they have said? Um, I don't know that they would have come out and said, oh, well, we had a good run and he's probably leaving. I don't think they would say that. So I want to know from you, sir. I think you've been consistent in thinking Cousins would be back and that as your preference as well. Did the Combine interviews change that at all for you, Ron? I think it actually more solidified um, kind of what I think would happen anyways with him returning because they could always play it close to the vest and give the, you know, company line, um, you know, we'll see what happens or, you know, they like just not address it to the extent of, you know, we want him back where they, they basically came out of it saying how big of fans they are of his and how much they want him back and how they know what to expect out of him. Whereas if that wasn't the case or if they're, if they were really looking to, to move on, um, they would have just, you know, again, given those corporate answers of, you know, well, you know, free agency or whatever the windows opens up or, you know, mm -hmm. that type of stuff, they would have pointed to the dates of we can't negotiate with them until this date and that type of stuff. But um, I, I mean, I think, again, it's, I think we're all in the same boat at if the dollar is right. Like, yeah, I think, I don't think there's, any Vikings fan, even the ones who are anti-Kirk, that wouldn't want a, you know, a reasonable deal. So um, now, again, to the point of he's always got guaranteed money and he's always, you know, he's made a lot of money in the NFL. So I personally, I don't think Kirk is the type of guy that's going to be commanding the max of what he's eligible for. Now, again, I don't know what that means. Um, this is one of the reasons why I said last year they should extend him because knowing that the cap is always going up, you know, and then it came out that it's going up 30 million or so. <laughs> so now if you are Kirk, if you are JJ, all these guys that you didn't extend, now it's just costing more money because there's still, it's a percentage of the cap that they're going to want. Whereas if you would have done this last year, that number, even if it was at say 40 million, 40 million now with the cap, the way it is, looks a whole lot less than 40 million or, you know, what the equivalent of 40 million is now. So, um, I just, I personally think that Kirk being at, you know, he'll be 36. Um, I think when he means structure, I think it's 
he would rather, you know, like a three, four year deal um, with less money than, you know, to take a, a two year deal at, you know, $90 million or whatever. I think it, the stability of his comfort level here, you know, he being up at home in Minnesota and his other home in Michigan. Um, I know the rumors of his family, his wife's family's from Atlanta, but you know, it's, I don't know how much of a play that has into it. Cause I think structure of the team and contract means more to him than the actual dollar amount. Notably since 2021, which I consider Kirk cousins, best season as a pro the salary cap has gone up $73 million, uh, which is really wild that the TV money really filed in. And it's, it's good for everybody. Um, especially the players, uh, Bryant, we've talked about cousins a lot, uh, this off season, rightfully so, cause it's the almighty off season domino. And it looks like this thing could go all the way up to free agency Eve or free agency day. Do you foresee cousins back with the Vikings or do you think it can go either way? Um, I'm sure the Vikings would mind having him back just to have him there. And even if they were bringing somebody else in new to have him groom that new person, um, for him, from a business standpoint, I feel like you've made a lot of money. And I feel like at this point in his career, if he's looking for a fresh start, then he will leave. But if not, if he's about, if it's based off comfortability, like being, just being comfortable, then he'll stay here because he's been there for a while now. He's comfortable. He knows the system. He's familiar with the coaches, the area and everything to pick up and leave now this point um and go somewhere else it really depends on him as a person to have to start over in a whole new city and a whole new system program getting new coaches players and everything else like that but here he's already familiar with everybody so i can kind of see him wanting to stay here um that's just like leaving going to a new school and have to meet a whole bunch of new friends all over again so it just depends on where he's at in his with his mindset I completely agree with you, Bryant, um, about Cousins starting over. And I think this is an underrated talking point that nobody really brings up, probably because Cousins himself wouldn't be skittish. But uh, I don't think anybody would disagree that 2018 was Cousins' worst season as a Viking. And then you watch the document. I mean, it wasn't bad, uh, but it was probably his least productive um, as an individual. And when you watch the Netflix documentary last summer, you learned how studious he is about learning a new system. And so you almost have to wonder if he needs a couple of years to get into that flow and comfort zone of being a wonderful quarterback, which he is. And at 36 with a bad Achilles, I guess he might risk starting over. And then, you know, when he starts to hit his groove, boom, he's 37, 38, 39, which isn't crazy old, but it really is an outlier for quarterbacks to perform at it, uh, you know, cousins level at that age. We're just so spoiled by Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady uh, in, in this generation. So it's something to keep in mind about cousins starting over is that it wasn't his most glorious season when he started over in 2018. Um, all right, Silas, let's talk about running backs. This is another underrated thing, especially um, if you want the Vikings offense to fully be <laughs> unlocked and cook. Eventually, they got to learn to run the ball at least average. You know, it's got to be 15th, 16th in the NFL besides this 27th bullshit we've had the last two years. So at the combine, Silas, both guys sounded really open to what they said, infusing the running back room with a free agent or a rookie. Uh, I would prefer a rookie uh, because Ty Chandler feels like he should get an audition at the very least for RB1. But I'm going to ask you, Silas, who's it going to be? Is it going to be DeAndre Swift or is it going to be Braylon Allen? Give me your prediction at running back. I would also prefer a uh, rookie. Um, I, you know, the the team and the staff are obviously very impressed with what they've seen from Ty Chandler, and they're wanting him to develop further and take on a larger role. Uh, Alex Madison was not 
horrible. He wasn't he wasn't bad, but he was not what we could have used at times last year. When it comes to the rookie scape landscape, um, there are a ton of you know really interesting young players. Um, the running back at a USC, Marshawn Lloyd. You've got Braylon Allen out of Wisconsin, Jonathan Brooks out of Texas, recovering from the major injury that he had. I I would advocate for I would actually really like one of those three players specifically, but I mean. I would also like to see Ty Chandler get a shot at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Chandler, <clears throat> it's kind of funny. I don't know, Ron, if you noticed this. When both Vikings leaders were asked about the running game, they both started off their response with, yeah, Ty, comma, did a really good job. And they got to Madison. They're like, yeah, I did some good things. Uh, so it sounds almost unabashedly that Chandler, if of this group, would be the RB1 and Madison would uh, fall back into a familiar role, whether RB2 or RB3. Uh, but who do you think, Ron, when we look up week one, who will be the RB1 and do we get a new one? Well, I think I think Chandler by default will start regardless of who they bring, unless they bring in a high, a high priority free agent, which I don't see them doing, nor do I see the value in that mm-hmm. um you know i've said on the show numerous times i'm fully in the camp of draft a, a running back in the second or third round and do that every three years like never pay top dollar for a running back um just because when they hit that you know 26 27 28 year old mark um the decline usually sets in and it's usually a pretty significant drop off. So you don't want to be handcuffed, you know, unless you're Derrick Henry and you're just a, you know, a monster of a human and a freak of nature. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, in the draft, whether it's, you know, Jonathan Brooks or the kid from Tennessee, um, you know, even Blake Corum has some appeal. Um, I don't know how his game translates to the NFL really. Um, Or um, Bucky Irving, Um, you know, these guys that are dual threat can catch out of the backfield. Now pass protection is going to be a big thing. And I know that's probably, the main reason why Madison kept his job for so long because of pass pro. Um, so that that'll be a big part of it as well. Um, but there's plenty of guys out there, even, you know, in what, like the fifth or sixth round grab Frank Gore jr. Like just, you know, the pedigrees there, you know, Brian, obviously, you know, you probably know Frank Gore's kid and I don't know exactly how good of a prospect he is, but if I ever have a chance to, to go on a legacy pick, just, to see what they have. If he's a fraction of what his dad was, then he's going to be a hell of a player. Yeah. From this draft, we also have Luke McCaffrey, which is Ed McCaffrey's son, Christian's brother and Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, who should probably go off the board in round three or four. He's just not crazy fast. Uh, what sounds a lot like his, his dad at times, uh, Bryant. So the Vikings don't have a quantity problem at running back. They got five dudes under contract at running back for next year. Let's say they they remained with the similar running backs and maybe they signed a new center or a new guard or both. Can can two offensive linemen in a new unit help fix the ground game by it like by itself or would they need to adapt the scheme or is this all come down to like a you know a new running back? Well, have the running backs been playing? What's that? How have the running backs been? They've been well. They've been... Uh, Ty Chandler, who kind of took over the last month this season, played quite well. Um, but we, we don't have enough evidence to see if it's sustainable. So some have wondered. Some Vikings fans have wondered if this is a scheme thing, if this is an offensive line problem that they're just not very good at run blocking, like they were during the Zimmer days. So I guess my question was: Would you would you trust an offensive line solution if they just kept the same running backs? Um. 
No, I feel like the offensive line can definitely improve, you know, because, I mean, if they do their job, they'll, they'll open up more holes. Um, in the new, in the being the new year, I expect the running back to kind of improve as well, too. So, I mean, offensive line can definitely make a difference, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Ty Chandler is notably older than Alexander Madison, which is always kind of a weird factoid. Uh, but he has fresher legs, and he's only going to be in year three. I think most Vikings fans would rally around giving Chandler the audition. It just seems like if they once and for all want to fix this ground game, because it didn't get fixed at all uh, in 2023, that perhaps, like Silas and I's recommendation, you have you know a rookie from the third, fourth, fifth round waiting. They also have Dwayne McBride, who some are still a little bit high on. So we can have hope in that. All right, Silas, I want to do this back to the quarterback spot. Um, we are 10 days away from or 11 days away from free agency. I want you for me, good sir. Let's say at September 5th or September 6th, predict the quarterback room for these Vikings. Not what you want, what you think is going to happen. The way things are currently shaped, I would say that Kirk Cousins will be our starting quarterback. And then we will... I don't know. It's it's very interesting. I could see them also drafting a quarterback, you know, uh, like like a JJ McCarthy if he is available at uh, pick eleven, or you know, in the second round if uh, Michael Penix is there, or if Bo Nix well, happens gotta, to be there. You got to lock one in <laughs> for the yeah, prediction. Yeah, I, I, I will lock one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll lock in Kirk Cousins as the starting quarterback. Beyond that, I I will say that there isn't a ton of change. Oh, so if you had to do QB two and QB three, you wouldn't even toss in. You know, the- no, I think continuity. I think that they really value continuity in that room, familiarity within the system. If they're not going to have a high end rookie, I do not think that they would commit a ton of resources to anybody who would have to come in and learn to, uh, you know, grow in the system, especially in Kevin O'Connell's fairly complex system. You know, if Kirk suffers another serious injury like he did this year, that would put us in another one of those situations where we have to hope for, a, you know, a sustained Josh Dobbs run type <laughs> of thing. And that's not, I don't believe, what the team is looking for at this time. So you basically have Cousins, Mullins, Jaron Hall. Yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. I think I'm going to be the outlier, which is really weird on this show. Um, Even though I won't be surprised or mad one iota that Cousins is resigned, I'll certainly get behind it. Um, I just, I'm stuck on this. If they wanted him, they would have signed him last year when he was one year younger and one year healthier. Um, so I can't quite understand why they wouldn't have extended him last year. And now we have more evidence with Achilles stare and he'll be 36. So I keep coming and Then it bothers me. They haven't done it already. And like, it seems like there's nothing stopping them from, Hey, it's February 10th. Let's sign Kirk. And I don't think they can because his contract doesn't void um, until what is it? The 13th or something. So I don't think per league rules, I don't think they can. Oh, the Vikings can't even talk to him. That I didn't know. No, it's yeah, it's uh when is I I believe it's when his contract voids. That's the when the, the window starts. Okay, all right. Well, then that would explain why they haven't uh you know hit any brass tacks right now. But I I still believe that this is the off ramp, and that Cousins does go to the Steelers or the Falcons. And I am marrying my my wish list and my prediction. I do believe the Vikings will trade up, um because. They are self-described near the end of the competitive rebuild at the year-end press conference. Quasi Dafamensa said they have to have a bold and efficient offseason to get rid of the rebuild part of the competitive rebuild. I don't know. I just don't understand why the Vikings would have a rebuild when they wouldn't do anything quarterback besides Jaron Hall. So my prediction is they trade up with the Patriots. They ultimately get Drake May, 
and then Nick Mullins and Jaron Hall would be the backups. Uh, I know that's out there, but I I just think that this regime, especially Kwesi, is young and progressive enough to do something splashy to get their guy. Ron, your QB one, two, and three for September. So I I do think Kirk is back as the starter, um, and I but I think I have a kind of a foot in both camps. I think Kirk's a starter, and I think that they they try to get J.J. McCarthy. I don't know if it's at 11 or possibly trading back, uh, but I think that is kind of the perfect scenario of, you know, a 21-year-old quarterback um, to pair with a veteran where, you know, you get a couple years out of Kirk, you know, hopefully do that, the Patrick Mahomes or Alex Smith and the Patrick Mahomes where give it a year, see what happens, and then let, you know, Kirk have the decision of, you know, where he wants to get traded to or whatnot. But, um, and I'm not going to, you know, firmly say it's McCarthy because I do think either a Penix or Bo Nix, um, it would be an option in the second round as well. Um, but with that, obviously they're a little older. I mean, in comparison to JJ McCarthy, they're what, 24 years old. I don't care. <laughs> um, but I think the ideal scenario for the Vikings and what I believe is going to happen is Kirk at one, uh, Nick Mullins technically still the two because he is under contract. He's a veteran. He's a smart, heady guy. And then that rookie quarterback at the three um, with Jaron Hall being the odd man out and probably on practice squad. Okay. And do you want to lock in McCarthy or Penix or just going to leave it as one of those guys? It, I mean, because at, at 11, there's so many different options. Like if there's a run of all offense in the first 10 picks and you can take any one of those top defensive players that you like, um, or even I'm all on board in trading back, you know, trading back a little bit, stockpiling some picks because there are so many names out there that, you know, are second round, early second round type picks, like whether it's Chop Robinson or is it Jarius Robinson, um, you know, the, um, the Missouri uh, defensive end, um, you know, the um, Devon, Tavondre Sweat, um, the mammoth of a human. Like, there's so many guys that in my mind, I would absolutely love to have. And uh, so I'm all on board and just doing methodically trading back to do that. But again, that's only if you have Kirk under contract. If you don't have Kirk, then 11 or higher needs to be a quarterback. But staying at 11 and taking quarterback to be the starter, that just gives me ponder vibes. Um, and, <laughs> and I don't I don't like that at all. Yeah, I think if that had never happened in 2011, we might be like, yeah, let's give it a whirl. But since we know how that can end up and set the franchise back at least three years. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you that that would be a little little paranoid on April 25th. Uh, Bryant Cousins back drafting a rookie, both and either. What do you think? Do I think he's coming back? I think they're gonna, I think he'll be back. Okay. I think they'll draft. I think both. Okay. I think they're going to draft the rookie and I feel like he'll be back to like at least groom them. And if he gets injured again, then they'll put the rookie in and then part ways with him after that. Yeah. I think that is the, probably the safest way to play it. If you want to be consistently competitive, Um, if you trade it or if you let Kirk walk to free agency and you said, you know what, we're going to trade up and get Jaden Daniels. You'd probably have to consent to that. Your ceiling for that year is eight and nine, nine and eight, assuming, you know, he's not CJ Stroud all over again. Um, And, you know, it's just like the Bridgewater year where 2014 or you watch it and, you know, ends up seven to nine, but you still go into it pretty damn excited the following year that is. All right. So we have, uh, I guess I'm I'm the only man that uh, on this show, at least that thinks that cousins is probably going to walk. Uh, I do think 
the Falcons make a lot of sense, but then I've also I've had it I've had it both ways. I've I've thought Justin Fields could end up there via trade, and now sports books are on that as well. The last thing I'm gonna ask you guys is kind of a weird one, Silas. Uh, I'm not gonna get greedy. <clears throat> I'm gonna say uh which which Minnesota team gets to a championship first? Is it the Wolves, Vikings, Twins, or Wild? I think yeah, it's the Timberwolves. Twins. <laughs> it, I, I'd love for it to be the Vikings, but it's going to end up being the Timberwolves. Uh, they've got that 40-20, you know, win-loss ratio that, uh, you know, the championship contenders are typically made of. They've got, you know, an incredible young star in Ant. They've got a great play, a, a, a bunch of elite, you know, players and Cat, Gobert, you know, the great depth and uh, Nasri and, you know, a few other guys. But yeah, I think it'll be them. Okay, so they get their first. I'm going to guess uh, Ron has no qualms with that answer. Uh, Ron, let's say <laughs> let's say you Wild Twins, Vikings, or Wolves. I mean, I think just numbers. The the Timberwolves are by far the closest uh, between the ready made roster now with the the top level talent and the nice ancillary pieces. Plus the you know they have their top seven players essentially all under contract for next year. Um, like there's none of this you know, what's going to happen or what's the turnover going to be like. So that's a, a, that's a big deal. Plus they have owners that want to spend money, um, you know, with A-Rod coming in, um, you know, the luxury tax, being able to go over that, they can spend money. So um, now that's not to say the Wilfs don't, because I truly believe that the Wilfs spend money um, and, you know, will do want to continue to build the team. Twins are last on the list by far because the pole ads <laughs> can just fucking kick rocks. Um, the, the team will not be good until they're long gone from the franchise. So I've seen like the team grades and the Wilfs was up there ranked like getting a lot of A's from the Vikings facility yeah. and then it's from ownership and all that too. So, I mean, it's coming along. <laughs> I think the, the the hardest part with, with where there's football compared to basketball, where basketball, you can have one player that can swing it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Ant can swing a series, whereas unless you have a Patrick Mahomes, it's, you know, it's hard to swing it. Like, you know, again, go back to your Ravens days, you know, Joe Flacco got extremely hot and beat some of the best quarterbacks of all time. And, you know, yes. like, would that be nothing against Joe Flacco? But if you line him up on a, you know, week by week basis, him versus, you know, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, like, you know, everyone's going to go with Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, but get hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, you need things, more things to fall in place. So. Yeah. Bryant, your team on your shirt right now, the dolphins, they ranked number one out of all the NFL PA report card grades. It went uh, dolphins and then Vikings. In terms of culture, cultures, uh, ownership, and that was good too. I was like two teams that you know I played with, so <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, see that they're ranking good. I was happy to really see the Vikings up there, though. Yeah, they were number one last year. These things started last year, and it has that big uh, report card, that rubric of it's like thirteen, eighteen percent owner, twelve percent head coach, and then they go through the training. Kansas City was at the bottom of a lot, but they're still yeah. in the championship, so it was like <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Does it really matter? <laughs> yeah, it was so weird to see the owner. Patriots the, are down there too. Yeah, the yeah, owner of the current dynasty as the worst owner in football based on players' opinion. This isn't some, you know, dickhead writer's list. This is the players. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I, like, normally you'd see a list like this and be like, oh, who cares? It's just some guy's opinion. But this is 1,300 players who replied. Uh, yeah, it was an oddity. Um, I agree with both Silas and Ron on the Timberwolves. And I'll give my little Timberwolf speech here. Um, the reason that they can be consider, considered contenders tonight or yesterday was their de- is their defense. Uh, sometimes these te- these teams spring up 
Uh, I always recall like the Hawks when LeBron was on the heat and it was like, that team isn't going to do shit. And then they didn't do shit. Uh, This was like 10 years ago because they just didn't have killers on their roster and their defense was okay. Good. But this Timberwolves defense is fantastic. Um, So this, this playoff here and starting in a couple months, this is going to come down to, we already know the defense is going to be there. It's whether or not Anthony Edwards is ready to close out games consistently and be the guy to ascend certifiably to a top five level of NFL or NBA stardom. That is the only thing that would separate them this year from getting to the finals. I know the Denver Nuggets will be a huge pain in the ass to get through. I'm a Laker fan. I can tell you all about it from last year, but the Timberwolves defense is there. And the only thing that would be considered questionable right now is if Anthony Edwards is going to be a mercenary when the game is on the line. I get that right at all, Ron. I, I mean, I think you nailed it. And I think uh, it on top of outside of Ant, it's the offense, which surprisingly, because our offense has been, hasn't been the problem over the past few years. Um, <laughs> offense seems to go through lulls at times and they need to eliminate that. And I think a big part of why I, on top of the defense, why I think their offense will coincide with that come playoff time. Cat um, has seemingly, you know, taken that, you know, that baton or handed that baton, let it be known that it's Ann's team mm-hmm. and he doesn't put up a fuss. Like he still goes out there. He can get you 25 a night on efficient shooting and him as an, as that secondary piece, you know, as long as he plays not reckless, like driving in the lane and throwing himself into the stanchion all the time. Um, like if he plays within himself, th- that combo alone is going to be extremely difficult to, to play against. So, um, I mean, Obviously, I'm excited for it. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Wolves fan. So, um, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's cool to be here talking about if they can get to the championship or not. Usually, we're talking about whether or not they can win a playoff game or a series. <laughs> Where they're going to pick in the lottery. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's. That's that's most of the time, or at least before the last four years. Another team that was like that when I gave my little speech about the uh, Hawks was the Raptors, like the pre Kawhi Ra- Raptors. It was like, oh, they're they're fun. But well, there's no way they're going to do anything to the Cavs. <clears throat> Even All like right. the Pacers, like back when yeah. the Pacers were able to, like in 13, when they were able to give the Heat a run, mm-hmm. it was, uh, they just seemingly didn't have enough to get over that, over that hump. So. Yeah, that team was good. That was another team that played defense. That's why they got to right. the, uh, Paul Eastern George, Conference. Danny Granger, Hibbert. Yep. Oh, that, oh, that was like the, the series of Hibbert's David life. West. Yep. <clears throat> Um, All right, guys, we'll try to get Sally back here two weeks from tonight when we record again. Silas, in the meantime, uh, we appreciate you joining us. What is your Twitter handle for the viewers and listeners? My Twitter handle is at Bob and Dreyer NFL, B-O-B-E-N-D-R-I-E-R. Pretty long last name. It's kind of rough with fellas, but uh, (laughs) we'll get through it. And um, yeah, thank you for having me on. Oh, hell yeah. And you can find his work at Zone Coverage. Uh, Bryant, we will talk to you in about two weeks. We will, the next time we talk, we'll be going through probably a couple of Vikings free agent signings. All right, guys? Okay. All right, you guys take it easy. All right, thanks. Later. Have a good Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.